You've got to stand close to me this morning, all right? <laughs> okay, wonderful. Let us pray. Father God, we're so grateful for the celebration today. As we celebrate as a nation, our heritage, many different peoples that make up this glorious nation. We do want to, want to thank you for the church, your people, the people of God. And Lord, as we now lift our gaze broader than what we are doing here, would you help Topsy and I to carry your message? and your heart to the nations in Jesus name well it was wonderful last week to celebrate our is it not on yet here we go don't let Pete Bonnie do it okay very good it was wonderful last week to celebrate our leadership weekend where we saw both deacons and elders recognized. And uh, thank you so much for your participation. And then it's wonderful to gather today, as I've said, for our heritage celebration of South Africa. I've got a, a beautiful Zulu lady standing next to me. Amen. And um, you've got a, as they would say in Afrikaans, I think a mengel mus of uh, different people groups in this shirt. So, uh, but what a glorious nation we are in. And what an important part we have to play in the church, in the, in the, as the church in the nations. But today, Topsy and I have the privilege of preparing us as a church and for those who will watch this on video for October and as a, a worldwide movement of churches, we've put October aside to celebrate our togetherness, to remind us of our great call, and to get ready for all God has for us in the months and years to come. 27 years ago a small community was born in this part of the world. 
And we gave it the unusual name of Kereke Yadislabeng. Church, church in the mountain tops. And people said, that doesn't sound very religious. And we said, no, because we don't want to be religious. We want a community who are going to be in relationship with one another. And as a young church, as we began to grow, we were able to release some families from our community. And we planted in towns across the Eastern Free State and also Lesotho. And even though we were in a strange little town in the middle of nowhere, we had big dreams. And you might remember if you were there in the early days that before the church we, we put the nations believing that God wanted us to touch our neighborhood, our village, Clarence, the farms, but then our nation and the ends of the earth. And I get a big amen. And so this little church began to grow. And then in 2010, the family that we belong to, New Frontiers, under the leadership of Terry Virgo and his team, that began to transition. And as Terry felt it was time for him to release others, we also began a journey. We were eight churches at that stage. And you might remember that Heather and I left you and we moved to the Middle East. And as we left you, we represented round about eight churches, eight ten churches. A dream came to life. And God spoke to us. And as we developed the work in the Middle East, this family began to grow and And so even as I prepare you for October and our month of gospel advance, it's no longer eight churches. But about a hundred and eighty churches. We used to be in those early days in three nations. 
We were in South Africa, obviously. We were in Lesotho. And three friends in the United Kingdom joined up with us. No longer do we represent three nations. We represent some 28 nations. And I'll read to you just the, the nations that and areas of nations that we are in. We now have churches in Sierra Leone. That's uh, West Africa. In Liberia. In Burundi. Burundi. You're allowed to cheer, by the way. How about you? I thought Gavin, he's just returned from Burundi. I thought he would share. Yeah, we have churches in Burundi. We have churches on the island of Zanzibar. In the great nation of Zambia. In Malawi. Malawi. And it's such a joy that as we close in a moment, we'll be praying for Ntadikumbi. As he heads to Malawi with a team on Tuesday. Our few churches in Lesotho have grown and grown. And here in South Africa, we now have 20 churches. But then if we travel far to the Americas, we have two churches in Brazil. We have churches in Mexico. Most wonderful place. When I went there, they said, tomorrow we're taking you to Clacky Packy. I'm sure John Evans will be pleased with our translation, but we have six churches in the, in the United States of America. In the beautiful nation of India. We have numerous churches in the Punjab. Across in Bihar. In Meghalaya, Meghalaya. Siliguri, West Bengal, Bengal. Orissa, Orissa. Uttar Pradesh, Pradesh. Madhya Pradesh, Pradesh. Maharashtra, Maharashtra. (laughs) Telangana, Andhra Pradesh. Pradesh. doesn't stop there. How many of you, when this church was born, ever thought that we would have churches right in the Himalayas? But we now have churches in Nepal, in Bhutan. We have churches in Pakistan. We have churches to the 
East that we can't mention in nations. We have churches in the Middle East. We have churches in Malaysia. We have churches on the islands of the Philippines. We have churches in Sydney and Adelaide and Perth of Australia. And we have churches across the great nation of the United States. One of them, as you might know, Jordan and Rebecca will be leading from a few months' time. AJ, who recently preached in this church, married to Namrata, are in the process of planting a new church in Birmingham. So this number will grow. And we have churches churches in Europe as well. And what God put in our hearts as a small seed has grown We're a little bit older. We're still pressing forward. But the wonderful thing is that there's a whole host of people following us. And many years ago, as this movement of churches was born in my heart, I had already been carrying a, a very dear understanding deep in my heart, even when Dick LeBang was very small. And if you have a Bible, I wonder if you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to read to you some scriptures that you will see led us to the name of regions beyond. And one day as I was reading this scripture, I was still here in Dechlebang. God showed me something that had a deep impact on my life. Because if you know your Bible, this letter was written by Paul to the church in Corinth and relationships with the church in Corinth were a little bit strained. Others had come into Corinth and said, where's Paul? Where's the man who's supposed to be looking after you? He's not very impressive and he's not around and so Paul writes this letter to explain to these brothers and sisters how God had connected them and how they were part of his life and his story in God and in this passage he starts off in 
Verse 13. This is the ESV. But we will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us. And so Paul, if I just break away, I just want to explain as we go. So, so Paul is saying that God's in his great plan had assigned responsibility to Paul the Apostle for a certain area of influence to make Jesus and his saving grace known. So Paul said, I'm not going to boast about all that's going on. I can only speak for what God entrusted to me. So it's almost like God is a farmer. And he's divided the farm up into different fields. And he's saying to Paul, Paul, that's the one you must go and farm. And then God raises up others to fulfill his mission in other areas. So Paul says, God assigned you to us. For we are, and continue in verse 14, we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you for we were the first to come all the way to you for the gospel of Christ and may I just point out this is about the gospel of Christ. Not about a church or a church movement. It's about a saviour. King Jesus. He went to the cross. Laid down his life. So that by putting faith in him. We can see sins forgiven. And we become part of his family. And Paul wants to know. This is about the gospel. And I'll come back to that later. And he says, so we do not boast beyond limits in the labors of others. So in other words, Paul is acknowledging that there are many others who are doing the same work of making Jesus known. And so we, as a, a local church, there are other churches meeting right now sharing Jesus as well. We celebrate what God's doing here. But we also appreciate that He's doing other things elsewhere. And 
But then you see what Paul hopes for. Verse 15. We do, sorry, yeah, we do not boast beyond our limits in the labors of others. But our hope is that as your faith increases our area of influence among you may greatly enlarge. And I remember reading this all those years ago. And here's this apostolic father speaking to the church and he's saying, I hope your faith is going to increase. I hope that you will grow in understanding of Jesus. Why? Then he continues. So that we may preach the gospel in the lands beyond you. If you've got an NIV Bible, it says that we may preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. And when I read that, I started to see God's plan that he gathers churches together in relationship and through leadership which we celebrated last week he brings the church to maturity so that we together can take the gospel Can I hear a big amen? And he says, so without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. And as I laid hold of this, I started to understand my own calling. That of Heather and my family. But also of us as a church. And I started to dream of the regions beyond. And I can remember saying to the Lord. If ever you allow me to lead a family of churches, I would love the family name Regions Beyond. Because it speaks of what God wants of us. It speaks of a people who are carrying the local who can celebrate their nation their diversity but they're also carrying the ends of the earth. Just like we prayed for Pakistan a moment ago. Or Burundi. And that's where 
regions beyond started. And very quickly, God in His grace began to add people to us. I can remember the first time of coming back from Dubai and bringing a whole new group of friends. Do you remember? It wasn't a few people from Lesotho and a number from the UK. Suddenly there was India. There was this nation and that nation. And regions beyond started to take shape. And as we prepare ourselves for this month, we can only play our part if we understand God's greater purpose. And as regions beyond started to take shape, I can remember meeting new leaders of churches. And I got asked questions like these. What exactly is regions beyond? Is it different to this one or that one? What does it look like? Where are you in the nations? Where are you heading? What are you believing God for? And what is in your heart? Because that's where global ministry starts in the heart, where God joins hearts. And while I was in Dubai, I sat before the Lord and in 2014, I wrote these things down. And this is what I dreamed of four regions beyond. And I'm going to go quite quickly. There are a number of them. They're not in order of priority. But they're all as, as important as the next one. And all these years later, I must probably could add a few more. But firstly, I never dreamed of a famous name. My dream didn't include, wow, I hope everyone will know the name regions beyond in the world. That wasn't there. But what I dreamed of was a radical people. A people who were sacrificial and abandoned to the purposes of God. If people didn't know the name regions beyond, that didn't matter. But if they met the people and they saw how radical they were, my dream would be fulfilled. Secondly, 
I dreamed of a family of churches that were glorious at heart. If you know the, the book of Ephesians, Paul describes the church, the glorious church. He describes the bride of Christ. Something we South African men particularly find quite hard to get our heads around. We love brides, but not being one at times. But I wanted to see churches who joined together, who had a high view of the church of Jesus Christ. Churches that didn't just go through the motion Sunday to Sunday. Churches who longed to see Jesus made famous. Amen. Thirdly, I dreamed of a people who would become a true reflection of God's new humanity. I haven't got time to explain each one in detail. But Paul says that God took Jew he took the Greek, the Gentile. And through Jesus, he made a new people. God's new humanity. That's why we can be one. We can stand like we did earlier. And even though we might celebrate very different cultures today, we actually are one culture now. In Jesus. So I long for a movement. That whenever the people from regions beyond churches came together, it would just be diversity. Amen. Amen. Every culture honoring the other. Realizing how we need one another. Let me move on. I longed and dreamed for churches from very diverse contexts. Not just linked into some head office somewhere in the world. Um, which we actually don't have, by the way. But I longed for villages. For the great cities of the world, the people of the cities. People from the smallest areas. Joining together for the purposes of God. Amen. Amen. Interdependent in our partnership. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Fifthly, let me go a bit faster. 
I longed for and believed God for an apostolic people group. What that means is that we are a sent people. So we gather here to celebrate and to be one and to worship and to learn. But when we walk out that door, we have a purpose to reach our neighbor to reach our family and when some go through that door like Gavin did last week they go to the nations of the world ascent people that's what the word apostolic means I love Sixthly, I long to see a movement where leaders of churches were more more concerned with the raising up, the reproduction of others than they were about their own ministries. There's such a focus on my ministry. Like every other pastor at one point I felt I had to be on Twitter. And so I started to tweet which I thought was quite good. And something happened. I suddenly became quite interested in how many followers I had. And I remember one morning just being reminded by God. Aren't you supposed to make disciples? Followers of me? Creeps in very quickly. But to see leaders like we celebrated last week and Kumbi's statement to us as fellow leaders um, a week ago. I long to see servants who are leaders. I'm halfway. Go quickly. Number six. I long to see a movement. Seven. Okay, just testing. <laughs> I long to see these same leaders fully abandoned to God's purposes. If I can honor Gavin at this moment. He serves me brilliantly with the wider work in regions beyond. But two weekends ago, he said to me, we are going away for a few days. I won't be around. And I said to him, 
Gavs, I will not bother you. I don't think I said I promise. I hope I didn't. <laughs> and we ran into an issue in Burundi that needed help and leadership quickly. Hi, Gavin, it's me. <laughs> When can you go to Burundi? Okay, leaders who are abandoned to God's purpose. And he spent his weekend away organizing flights and visas. If we can build a movement like that, there will be an absence of competition. Competition. And there will be an absence. Thank you. There will be an absence of ungodly ambition. Can I hear a big amen? Okay, moving quickly. I dream that every community, whether they were on a mountain top in a village, or meeting in a beautiful building in London, that everyone would feel connected and involved. Number nine, I dream that as a people, we would have, sorry, Topsy, a conscious bias. It's amazing teamwork. Hey? Amen. But we'd be conscious of raising and seeing others succeed. Amen. Amen. Not just me. The spirit of the world is me. The ungodly trinity is me, myself and I. Number 10. I long for every church to be able to carry the neighborhood and the nations as one. And there's a tension. You're trying to build in the local church, but you ask to give people and resources to the ends of the earth. And often God asks you to give your best. But that's what I longed for. I longed, number 11, to see a movement passionate about embracing the poor. In excess of 70%, more than 70% of the world's unreached people are known as the poor. They're materially poor. They might be the oppressed poor. 
all different degrees of poverty. And God put it in our hearts and has called us to embrace the poor. But not as a project. Okay, not a ministry. But as co-equal partners in the gospel. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter where you come from. What you have or don't have. As God calls you. You feel you can participate fully. Amen. Amen. Number 12. I dreamed of this movement. Raising hundreds of sons and daughters across the nations. And God's fulfilled that. Heather and I spent two weeks in India. And we realized that we were most probably the oldest people at the leaders' conference. <laughs> but what was a joy for us is that they were just there was a flood of young people. Not just attending the conference with the badge. But they were sons and daughters. They wanted pictures together. You see someone who you saw five years ago. they've got a baby. married. And they want a picture. That's what we want. A growing family of And also to say to those of you in my age group, you fully included. Second, lastly, we're going to talk about this in a moment. I longed for a movement who were truly sacrificial. When it comes to giving away and sharing of resources. Amen. 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 If you've been coming to this church for a while now, you will know we love offerings. But not for new things in the building. But we love giving money away. I was reminded of, uh, because of a story I heard of, of what happened in Turkey with the um, the earthquake. And I was reading about the hardship. And and I remembered, oh, we gave money. Even though there's hardship, our rands are busy working in Turkey. I often wonder what heaven will be like. But don't be surprised if some Turkish people come to you one day and say, 
You put food on my table. You put a blanket on my bed. I long for a movement. You'd be so generous. And then very lastly, I wrote in 2014, I dreamed of a movement where we were ready where we would be equipped and we'd be able to respond. Whether we were older or younger, whether we were Zulu or Kosa, whether we were black or white, whether we were poor or rich, but I longed for everyone to be ready to be released for the purposes of God. Not many know that next year we will be planting a church on the island of Penang, which is off Malaysia. I promised them that we will send two people from Dixlebank to help with the church plants. Oh, words, oh, words, okay. We want to release people. So these are the things God put in my heart. And if you know regions beyond, then you'll be able to see, wow, God's done a lot. And so this month we will be uh, celebrating our togetherness with another 180 plus churches and we will be focusing our togetherness on God's call on us in the nation. And that will include a few things. Firstly, there are going to be four online prayer meetings. Okay, and we will tell you when they're going to be. The first one is on Wednesday the 4th of October. And um, you will see me online. But I won't be here. I'll be in the Middle East with Meheda. Amen. Amen. But you'll be able to go online. Kumbi, come to the church and join everybody on the screen. Okay, and then there'll be four of those prayer meetings. Next, each Sunday, and they five Sundays in October, we will be preaching messages that help us see God's purposes for the neighborhood, 
and for the ends of the earth and how we make Jesus known right across that breadth number four each week in every church hopefully we will watch videos on the screen from different places around the world so we can't all go to the nations physically and so we're going to bring the nations here. Can I get a big amen? amen. Alright, and once we've seen them on the screen, we're going to pray. And then finally, in October, together with all our other brothers and sisters, we're going to take up an offering to help us fulfill all God's called us to do. And we are trusting God that out of our 180 plus churches, $300,000. Yeah, lots and lots. Here in Dixler Bain, as Tari Andy told us earlier, we're going to join together for a very big offering. In many ways, it's far beyond what we are as a church. The amount of 60,000 rand is in many ways far beyond what we are. But not what God is. And so what Andy instructed us in earlier. Let's ask God. How much. Will you release me to give. Amen. Amen. Ask him. Supernatural provision. And as we close. These funds. Our togetherness, our our support of one another will enable us to take this gospel across this nation that so badly needs it. Across Africa, into the Middle East, and then to the ends of the earth. That's what it will do. I am so thrilled with all God's done. I'm quite overwhelmed at times. But you see, when God puts things in our hearts, when he puts dreams in your heart, and you respond with obedience which might be in moving it might be in giving it might be in praying it might be in your gifts of encouragement as you are obedient he releases 
The fulfillment of those dreams. It's costly. It's sacrificial. It fills you with joy. And it breaks you with pain. But it's the only thing that in this world that will last as we look forward to the return of Jesus Christ. We do this for him. We do it for one another. And we do it for the nation. Let's go change the world. Amen. Amen. Amen.